Like this is like literally by the book, like just trying to hit every trope. Like there's a checklist and it's like, all right, we got that. Like maybe it was an OG, but either way, it came up with a lot of dumb shit. <laughs> we are <laughs> talking about <laughs> middle schoolers. Am I 14 or 30? Average index character question. <laughs> no one knows. But I, I have stuff to say like about the <laughs> franchise, you know, so not bad. I have the hot take that Railgun S is the best um, JC staff anime. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And you're like, I don't think anyone knows the story of Invictus. <laughs> Will Smith or Chris Rock. I'm already starting the derailing, so I'm gonna make this awkward in a second. <laughs> so in scientific derailgun of the- Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hello and welcome to Just Weebs. I'm your host, Onimaru, and I'm here today with Shocking. Hey guys. Uh, who's not dying, you know, she was <laughs> almost dying. That's that's why uh, she, she caught COVID recently. So we uh, we were sort of out for the count for, yeah. it's been a week, two weeks? I think so, yeah. I feel bad because we were, were talking about coming back and I'm like, I kind of like literally can't talk, which we kind of need <laughs> to do a podcast, but we had like, you know, we've had like really productive weeks. We thought of lots of topics. We have so much we want to catch up on. And then I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> like just dying. <laughs> She's and slowly dying. I it's like recover first shot. It's okay. We don't have to, you know, we'll, we'll get to it eventually. People understand. Yeah. But now I got, I got the, got the cure. I got tons of cough drops. Um, and so I'm, and I'm just looking like a 14 year old. So this will obviously be the cure. And but apologies for any coughs. It is just my illness <laughs> yes. sounds so bad. Yeah, and it'll be also, you looking 14 is relevant to today's today's topic because yeah. <laughs> we are <laughs> talking about <laughs> middle schoolers in uh, the fantastic world of index, a certain scientific, well, no, a certain magical index, and then a certain scientific railgun, and then the other spinoffs. Um, and then ours is a certain, ours is a, a certain justly weebs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're a certain, a certain scientific weeb or yeah. just weebs. Uh, we're going to try. We're going to try, no promises, to keep this pod short because Shah has said we talk too much. So <laughs> I am going to start incorporating some really awkward pauses in the middle of stuff <laughs> just to get the conversation stopping. So if that's what we need to make it shorter, it's happening. This is so for context for everyone, we've been trying to pre-record some episodes because we're both getting married um, to different people on different dates. So just to clarify, like multiple <laughs> weddings are happening and we're pre-recording episodes and we keep trying to record multiple episodes in a day. And the last one we tried to have multiple episodes was the bottom 100 podcast. And that ended up being three hours long. Yeah. So I'm saying, so I said, luckily for us, we talk too much, which is good for podcasts, but yeah, we just, we do just keep talking. Well, the we funniest thing about the bottom 100 and see, I'm already starting the derailing. So I'm going to make this awkward in a second. <laughs> so in scientific derailgun. Oh, the oh my top. God. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> really the worst of all time. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> that was good though. Um, the, Wow. <laughs> Well, the bad thing about the bottom 100 was we we were like, yeah, it's only going to be an hour, right? Like, we're just going to yeah. we're going to do an hour and then we're done. And then it was like three hours later, uh, we're we're starving. We want dinner. Yeah, we're just dying. And it's like, I have so much to say about these things that I haven't seen in years. But 
This yeah. one we have seen, you know, we we you have seen very recently, so we justifiably have a lot to say. Yeah, I, I finally got around to it. Um, a little bit of background on that. Like, I, I don't know. I was kind of interested in watching Railgun because a friend had talked to me about it, recommended it, recommended it to me like a while ago. And uh, they told me like, oh, yeah, you can skip index. You don't need to watch that. <laughs> Just watch Railgun. Was this me that you're referring to in the no. third person or another friend? No, no, no. Friend it was another friend. Because I said the same thing. <laughs> another friend said that to me. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll get around to it one day like have some if I need something to watch in the background and then once I met you and then we started talking I found that it was one of your favorites you talked about accelerator she had mentioned him so it was like just validation on top of like what I was already recommended so I'm like oh maybe I do need to check this out um and so that got me interested and then I was like all right one day I needed something to watch I started watching season one unfortunately season one took me like six months <laughs> understandably I think it's understandable yeah, but before I get into like, or we get into too much into Railgun, a little bit of background on Railgun and Index in case you're for some reason not familiar with it. Uh, Railgun is actually a spinoff of a certain magical index, which is the original like anime, the main story anime that aired in like 2009. It's already a little older. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Railgun is just the the spinoff slash side story with like uh, like a supporting character in Index, but it's just focused on her and her friends in Academy City, which is the backdrop for pretty much the whole franchise because it's Index, Railgun, there's Accelerator, uh, and I don't know, there's one other spinoff, maybe two others. Um, there might be, but I think the main series yeah. was like Index, a certain magical Index, and then they have index new testament which is just like continuing the series but like yeah that one's a like a, a sequel after index ended yeah. uh i think so for like further further background i don't think we can truly understate just how popular this franchise is because um i think a certain science a certain magical index came out in like early 2000s and like there's gotta be like 40 of these light novels. Like it's a huge light novel series. Um, it's super popular. Um, it's definitely, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a word. Like it represents a lot of like typical anime tropes that are really like almost out of fashion now, but like early 2000 anime tropes you can see everywhere. Like it just kind of like, I'd say it's like a staple of 2000s anime and then to a lesser degree, like 2010s anime. Um, yeah. So me, Misaka Mikoto is, was so popular and she's a side character that she got her own spinoff, but she's so popular that China named a a streaming service after her. So, you know, um, uh, the BDBD like streaming service, it's like Chinese YouTube. That's uh -huh. named after her for BDBD. So wait, I didn't know that. Yeah, I did not so, know that. Yeah. So, Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So, um, that's awesome. That's like, yeah, that's like, I love that. Love that. That's like definitely fan representation right there. Yeah. Um, so I don't, so, you know, it's, I think in the U S it's like popular, but we can't like truly understate, like it's a very popular franchise. Like the mainly because of Misaka, mainly because of Misaka, mainly because of Railgun. Me yeah, I think index. I don't know. I mean, I think index is more popular, but like, is it? but but the fact that yeah, I think it's like since it's like the main thing. But like when you have a spinoff that's 
equal, like almost equally popular in its own right. It's like, it's a big deal. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Cause like, I think, uh, obviously Railgun came out after, and then everyone was talking about that. So I didn't, I wasn't really around for, I guess the, I mean, I was around, but I didn't see too much firsthand, the popularity of index. Mm -hmm. I also don't want to disrespect it. Cause I have gotten like the sense that fans of Railgun are, they pretty much love the whole franchise. Uh, and they do admit like, uh, Railgun is better written and it obviously index doesn't do some things as well, but because they've already become invested into, in the world of like index and uh you know it kind of all blends together and they kind of have affection for it uh equally it's like I, it kind of reminds me of fate where like if you only watch like fate zero or like the fate stay night heaven's feel anime like shiro won't be your favorite character but then if you like read the visual novel and see him in like full context it's like everyone who reads the visual novel has like shiro as their favorite character and i think mm -hmm. that's kind of similar with uh index where it's like Toma on the surface, if you only watch the anime or only see him in like small, small, you know, and small doses, like yeah. he is probably just like, oh, like kind of a boring main character or whatever. But then like for people who like read all of the franchise, they experience all of him. He's like one of their favorite characters. So like, you know, I mean, we cannot consider ourselves part of that group. So I totally recognize that like people who are definitely more invested are going to have super different takes than we will. Um, yeah. I mean, that's just the nature of things. But yeah, I think it's interesting to note that like people who consume all of the franchise, like they are really huge fans of like the main characters. Well, I'll be honest, like I what I find fascinating about this franchise, even though it can be a little confusing and I'm actually not at all like caught up on index, like I've only watched a few things of it. I told Shaw that like I think my experience with index was like a friend recommended it to me like all the way back when it was originally airing, there was only like seven episodes out. And mm -hmm. like, I watched one episode and I was like, I'm out. Like it was just, <laughs> it felt too generic for me. And I, I don't know, I just wasn't interested. So I never went back to it. And then now my interest was peaked again because I wanted to check out uh, Railgun. But like, what I find fascinating about the world is like how it can, basing it off of, of Railgun, like how it can simultaneously have these two completely separate stories, like that you can know Railgun's story like from front front to back and still not know index's story like because mm -hmm. they're just happening concurrently and just completely separate sides and completely separate things and so i even went to like index a few times to kind of catch the pieces like from the different perspective that i didn't really see in railgun so i wanted to understand like oh what was happening at the same time um and i still don't know the full index story yeah yeah because <laughs> it features so many characters that it can just have like that little arc with this one character but you still don't know the full story yeah, for sure. I think it's tough because it's like they have the way they explain it is it's like you have the magic side and the science side, thus a certain magical index and a certain yeah. scientific railgun. So they are kind of like separate, but going on simultaneously. Um, I think to the credit of index, the original work, I think like their anime notoriously got just like a super shitty adaptation. Like on the surface, it's passable. But I think when you look at it, it's like every three episodes is a light novel so like it's really fast pacing yeah. like they cut out a lot of important context they just kind of gloss over a lot so like yeah i, I heard that was the case especially with season three apparently they adapted like mm -hmm. 60 chapters in a few episodes or something some crazy yeah. number where they skipped a lot of content and i was watching season one 
that hasn't aged well. And then I was watching season three, like bits of season three, and I'm like, this looks a little janky, you know, yeah. so in comparison very, to Railgun. It's very weird. They just like never really gave Index as much love as Railgun, which I I have the hot take that Railgun S is the best um, JC staff anime. Oh, of all time. Yeah, I'm putting it up as the I best. Thought, I, I thought you were just going to be like, oh, it's the best of the railguns. And you're like, no, 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 it is well, yeah, the best. Yeah. Well, I do think it's the best railgun. I didn't finish T yet. I read the content for T, so I know what happens in railgun T, but I didn't watch it yet. But gotcha. I think railgun consistently as a franchise gets the best treatment out of um, most most of the JC staff works I've seen. I think the production for it is the best. And um, it is my favorite JC staff anime, but... Well, I, I guess now it's my favorite JC Staff anime because yeah. I've always I've had a vendetta against JC Staff for years. I, like I've been I've been mad at them for some adaptations for a long, long, long time. Which uh, ones besides Shokugeki? Uh, I actually wasn't mad about them for Shokugeki because okay. I didn't even Fair. keep up with the anime. Uh, but it, it got to a point where a few years back, like I would my friend group knew me for like as soon as they tell me like, oh, it's by JC Staff, I would just be like, no. I'm not watching it. I'm not touching <laughs> it. No. You know, we all have to have our beef with certain anime studios. You know, I know, um, you know, Tay, Tay hates uh, PA Works. I think it's oh, totally fair. okay. I mean, I only sick. like one show. Shirobako. I think it's just Shirobako. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I was like Same. really mad. Well, not mad, but I was very disappointed when they did that anime called Glass Lip. Mm, yeah. That was yep. a mess. Yeah. That was a mess. Yeah. Um, And I've seen a few other shows from them that I... I I don't know if it was just a production or just a story, but they were just a little bit lackluster, so I didn't come to expect too much. I'm looking at my stats. Um, I have JC Staff rated 130 out of 136 studios. So. Oh, okay. But like, not like me rating it. This is just statistically like when I have checked out something from JC Staff, the average score, considering how many I've seen from there, is is that low. And it's um, crazy considering they've done they've done so many like of the iconic, well-known, popular titles like Toradora or, uh, you know, Shokugeki or the the dungeon anime. The dungeon anime is probably what's tanking them so low because it's like, yeah, I mean, no. Yeah. Yeah. So I think not a stretch to say best JC staff anime because I think they do a fantastic job with the production of Railgun, like. The fight scenes look great, you know, character design's great, like directing really good, sound design great. Like you can tell that they put a lot of thought and attention into Railgun, which is I'm gonna take a shot in the dark and say that's part of the reason you finished it because compared to <laughs> Index. Yeah, nothing nothing bothered me there. You know, I was like, Oh, this is this is good quality and then I, I'd see J C staff on, I'm like, How is this possible? <laughs> it's uh, a miracle. Yeah, but I think I'm trying to like, I'm looking through their catalog of what they've done. And I think it must have been an like an early anime that they pissed me off with. So it was like probably early years, but I never forgot. So I never forget. <laughs> never forgot. But uh, enough shade on them. Uh, I do think like the way Index is able to kind of balance all those elements of like the separate sides. I just think that's very impressive. So even though it doesn't like execute it probably as well, I think it's kind of cool to have it all connected like that while still having mm -hmm. separate stories. And I think um, the setting, as you can see from behind us, uh, Academy City is a, I think it's like a great example of a really fantastic setting and like great world building that also you could tell is like 100% made just for like kids. 
like kids would love the idea of a city completely dedicated to like schools and teenagers and the different types of schools that interact like it's essentially just like the best way to kind of like engross that target audience of like preteens to teenagers of like hey look it's like this city is being run by powerful teenagers and in a way it works there's a lot of stuff with index and railgun that i think are very like not immature, but like very obviously aimed for a younger audience, but it works well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's definitely, that would be really appealing to a teenager to kind of have that focus on like the different schools and all of that. So that definitely makes yeah. sense. Although it, I mean, I feel like it's definitely that way with Railgun season one, as it goes on, it gets progressively a little, little darker. Yeah. But then lighter, lighter again at, on T while also still being a little darker, so. Yeah, well, that's the kind of a thing that's always been, like, a pro and con to Railgun specifically is, uh, I think it's, like, the first arc they always have is, like, a canonical manga arc from the Railgun manga. And then they have, like, a filler arc that's a lot more lighthearted and generally not of the same quality. So it can be a bit jarring going back and forth between, like, canon content and non-canon content well that's actually something interesting i wanted to talk about because i like that's like the first time i encountered anime canon fillers and i was like because <laughs> i was looking at a list and i'm like okay should i skip this is this like or like maybe i'll watch it but i want to know if this is actually from the source material and it's like oh anime canon filler i'm like what does this mean and i was like it means that it is canon uh, it, it is a side story. They just never animated it or put it in the manga, but it did happen in universe. It was referenced. So I was like, oh, so I'm like, damn it. I guess I should watch it. <laughs> and, so, yeah. and that was actually the majority of like this whole second half of season one. There was a bunch of stuff that was like, it did happen in universe. They just never, you know, kind of set it in the source material. But hey, if you want to actually see how it plays out, here it is. So I, I did experience it, but, um, it did make it a little slow. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So I remember watching Railgun because in a similar vein, um, I was told you can skip Index and just watch Railgun because, you know, Railgun, I mean, because let's be honest, Index did not have a good adaptation. You watch Index and you're like, okay, this is just like, not really, this is not really good. So people tell you to read the light novels and, you know, sometimes you just really don't want to read a light novel, especially like 40 of them, if you're still trying to figure out if you're into a series. And I think the concept of the Raildex universe is so interesting that like, for me, I wanted to give it a shot. I wanted to see what was in store. So I ended up watching Railgun. And the first season was like, you know, an interesting mix of action and slice of life. Um, and I think sometimes it can be a bit grating Specifically, I think we all know what I'm referring to. I always get her name wrong. I think it's Kuroko. Yeah. Kuroko. <laughs> like, you know, she's like. Kuroko's so, just Kuroko. You know, yeah. She's like constantly trying to like, I don't know, take advantage of Mikasa to put it, to put it nicely. It's just really grating type of humor because she's obsessed with her and they're like best friends, but she's like obsessed. So they always play it for jokes of like her trying to like, I don't know, like get her in compromising situations or whatever, like, you know, sexually harass her. And then Mikasa will like zap her and then like, you know, rinse and repeat. So it gets really grating after a while, I think, um, which is frustrating because I think Kuroko is really like 
interesting character without that. Like, she has a cool power. She has a cool personality. Like, it's really just this joke that gets really annoying over time. And when it's just yeah. a slice of life section, that's kind of like... A deep- it's literally every episode, sometimes multiple times. Like, that's just... Yeah. It always downgrades her character just a bit. And it's like, okay, get a hint. And, like, she's yeah. very very like aggressive about it <laughs> like pushing yeah. me uh misaka's boundaries but yeah. you know again it's played as a joke but you know it's it's it doesn't really offer anything yeah it's just it's just annoying and so you know if it's an action scene if there's mostly action going on you can kind of overlook it but when it's like the slice of life stuff like they emphasize the type of interaction so it gets old after a bit but um i think for the most part they do a good job of like kind of Showing off the city. I like their friend group. I like Mikasa, Kuroko, Satin, and the girl whose name I always forget. She has uh, a, Uiharu. Uiharu. Yeah, they're cute. I think they're a cute little friend group. Um, I like the first arc of Railgun season one where they go over the idea of like the certain power levels. Because to people who yeah. also are not um, familiar with the series, another big appeal of Railgun is the power system. So it's essentially on the science side, if you have a superpower, it's from a level zero to five. Zero means you don't have a power. One means like, you know, kind of weak. And then level five is like the absolute maximum. There's only seven students in the city who are level five. And they're essentially like the most badass in the city. And it's yeah. all like scientifically based superpowers, like essentially scientifically generated powers, which we can get into a bit later. But it's an interesting idea of like, these kids having telekinetic powers that let them sci- through scientific calculations because they're so smart have powers. So Mikasa is known as the real gun and she's able to control electricity essentially. Yeah, and I always forget that part that they're calculating, you know, all those yeah. things like cuz that's just you kind of forget that over time cuz they never really reference it again. You just kind yeah. of take it as a fact that they're just you know, it's like action, like they're just doing these powers, but yeah. 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 So uh, there is a lot of thought put into it. And I think Kuroko is a good example of that because she can teleport. So she's doing the calculations of where to teleport. So it gives yeah. it some sense of grounding, grounding where it's like, okay, these kids are doing calculations for their powers. They can't just like snap and then do it, even if they do make it look easy. Yeah. But um, there was actually like one point where Kuroko was in a fight and then they were uh, they were trying to track her in like, I think it was her. Yeah. That like in three dimensions. But they said that, you know, she travels in 11 dimensions. So yeah. that's why they couldn't uh, get to her. So, I think we, we were joking about this. I don't even know if we were recording yet because I was uh, looking like an edgy, sick kid. But, um, you know, uh, it is there are a lot of like. I'm 14 and this is really deep elements of it, but I think I'm down with it because they obviously put so much thought and attention to it that even if something seems ridiculous, I'm having fun with it. So I'm like, you know what? Let Kuroko travel in 11 dimensions. I'm not going to even try and like rationalize or understand. It's like, no, just let, just let her teleport everywhere. I'm down. Let her, let her. I tried to rationalize. I was like, you know what? It makes sense. It makes sense. (laughs) It just works. Yeah, so that's kind of like, I think, another element that makes the scientific side that we've seen in the anime a lot more interesting than the magic side. Because I remember hearing with Index with the magic side that it's like, so all this magic is going down, but at least in the anime, you don't know how it's happening because it's like magic and you're from the point of view of Tomo who knows nothing about magic. So it really is just like 
random shit just be happening. Whereas yeah. with this, we get a whole explanation. We get the whole background of like these kids were essentially all part of this experiment. They were all experimented on, and some became magic. Not some became espers. The and having they had magical powers, and some don't. But it's not like I gotta say, like it's not magic powers. It's like, like scientific, scientific, scientifically based, based uh, you know, affinity ability. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, need to say that because there's the magic side and it's complicated. Yeah, they're like they have an affinity for you know doing the science and being able to be on that level. And also, like it always in Railgun, it always goes back to those levels. And there is like yeah. they make it no, like they make you feel that there is a wall between like a level four and a level five, and yeah, or even like a level three or even a level zero. It's like they have to kind of work around sort of their shortcomings to you know be able to have a style or to even stand a chance because. Like there's no kind of easy way of, of getting past that level unless you have two level fives facing off against each other. And that's where like the rank doesn't matter always as much unless there's yep. like a huge gulf between them. Um, yeah. But like I heard, I, I didn't, cause I don't actually know firsthand about index, but I did hear that on the magic side, like some magicians and in index are like, so much more powerful than Esper's. Like they can't even, Esper's got nothing on like yeah. the magic side at all. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. That's what I've heard too, but I haven't experienced it firsthand for reasons we have discussed, unfortunately. Yeah. But I think it's also interesting, like background info that might not always be firsthand is that like the way um, the level fives in the city are treated are like essentially royalty because they have like entire research facilities dedicated to studying them. You know, they have, like tons of resources they have high prestige because you know in a city where everyone has superpowers when you have the most amount of superpowers like you know you get a certain level of status which i think is yeah. an interesting power dynamic so conversely when you don't have a lot of power you know it's very easy to be taken advantage of start feeling resentful towards people with who do have powers um you know certain ways people can get taken advantage of and that's essentially what they cover in the first arc with uh, Satan's point of view, Satan's point of view, she's not Satan. I always <laughs> was thinking like, she's like one le level letter away from being Satan. Yeah. So it's kind of like the inferiority complex and then you kind of, that they naturally feel and then contrasted with like the extreme amount of pressure that like Mikasa feels as like yeah. the resident superstar. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely thought the first arc was interesting and, you know, and done well. But like as it progressed after that first arc, I was like struggling with keeping my interest. Like some mm -hmm. episodes were good here and there, but it just was hard to be invested. It was sort of like, you know, standard, mostly slice of life stuff with like some science yeah. thrown in. And it wasn't like I was I was trying so hard because I just <laughs> wanted to get to Railgun S season two with the very first arc. I'm like, you just got to get to the very first arc, yeah. which is the sister's arc. This is what I heard so much about. I've been hyping like, it up for so long. It's one of her favorites. It's one of Shaw's favorites. It's like, okay, been I got to I gotta experience this. And then, you know, I got hyped up too on uh, the villain uh, for that arc, uh, Accelerator. I wanted to see the face off between him and Misako. I had nothing like no, uh, I didn't look anything up. So I was going to oh. go in blind. You know, I, I didn't know what was coming. I just heard it was good. And then I finally, you know, was like, I'm going to binge these last six episodes and just just get there. I need to get there. And then yeah. I, I finally did. And I, I watched the sister's arc and I was not was not disappointed. Um, Yay. All right. Yay. I was disappointed about one little thing, but I'll get to that later. And she okay. already knows. But uh, no, but it was like it was really, 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 really good um, for many reasons. Uh, 
one of which is so as the the title and i guess spoilers you know since we've given you background on what the show is about we're getting into season two uh so if you want to experience it for yourself you know just pause go watch all of it 15 episodes (laughs) go go do what onimaru just did (laughs) yeah yeah because like i think like the arc right after that uh which is the rest of season two is really just a filler arc so Mm -hmm. all season two really is 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 essentially that sister's arc yes um and so uh yeah one of the uh like what made it such a game changer at least for me is that like they introduced this concept because that's the what makes railgun interesting they kind of go into these interesting thought-provoking like like scientific like sort of like ethical dilemmas sort of like one of which was like cloning and one and they pretty much made all these clones of the main character uh that just existed right under her nose for all these years and she kind of had a feeling there was something there but you know she thought it was like bs or something uh and then she finds out no there's like all these clones of you they took your dna and made all these clones of you and the fact that it wasn't like like i don't know like in another anime they would kind of like at the end of the arc they would sort of kind of make that go away no repercussions it's sort of like or it's like psych jk there aren't really clones of you you know it was just mm-hmm. this one-off thing and it, it was no like they actually exist they actually have probably souls and are you know human you mm-hmm. know and mikasa misaka has to wrestle the whole time with uh the rep like the weight of that and like what she should do to either fix that uh ensure they get to live a life you know after that like and kind of weighing that the whole time like mm-hmm. it's not really there's no band-aid or anything and it's like that was really really interesting that's what actually made the arcs like build up like mm-hmm. so good yeah i think um it's really interesting especially the lead-in too like you can kind of see uh you can sense a tone shift at the beginning of the arc um where they start kind of going into like uh, misaka's point of view of like you know when she was younger they approached her about wanting to clone her for um because they wanted like they gave her like a to help like someone who was had like degenerative cells so they're like we want to clone you to study your cells to try and like help people so she gave them permission when she's like five obviously not really able to give permission or understand the repercussions because they're like you know you will be able to help people by doing this so like she gave them the actually i don't think she knew that they were clones but she did sign her away like it was just to yeah just to give her dna map to kind of help with the kid which i think now in hindsight they played her and then that kid was probably okay and they just planted him there to make her feel bad although died anyway yeah, and if this was the real world, it would have been like, excuse me, uh, we need her legal guardian to yeah. come in and consent to that. She's five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Consent. But um, yeah, so it's like they have her DNA map. So she's like vaguely aware that like she did do this, but like, so it's like, you know, there could be clones, but like, no, there's no way. So she, it's yeah. kind of like this kind of like interesting thing where she's like almost um, intentionally overlooking it but she knows in the back of her mind it might be true. But it's an interesting tone shift from the very comfy slice of life vibe that we got in season one, where even under like a lot of stress and pressure, like it's still, you never really felt like things were too dangerous or through tense. It was still like that kind of peaceful, comfy life that I I always thought that like Misaka had um, 
because, you know, she's so powerful. She can take down so many people. There's no one there who's really a threat to her. Like we no. see her taking on so many different adult terrorist organizations in the city and easily taking them down because she's the third most powerful esper in the city. Like she just kind of expects to be able to take down every obstacle in front of her. So life yeah. is a lot more comfy when you're able to take everyone down. But yeah. then, as you said, like they introduce the clones and it gets to be really interesting because she runs into one of her clones and is like, uh, okay. And then kind of follows them a bit. It's still kind of like a lighthearted, funny kind of interaction between her and her clone where they're like referring to her as like the original, they call her big sister yeah. because she's like the original. So it's called the sisters project. That's where they get the sisters arc name on um, the cloning thing. The cloning program is called the sisters arc. So, they call her big sister all the time and we're automatically given that sense of like, no, they're connected. It's not just like a DNA copy. Yeah. Yeah. And as you see, like, as Shaw was saying, like with the, her background, like pretty much Misaka's pretty much the whole time dealing with all this stuff sort of in the daylight and the everyday, you know, it's the hustle and bustle of Academy City. You know, someone's trying to rob something, you got to stop yeah. them and that's it. And then this arc starts introducing, at least in Railgun, like, the darker side of Academy City and like all the people sort of involved in that dark side, you know, different organizations, mad scientists, like kind of all these conspiracies to do this different stuff. And one of those things was the the whole sisters project. And then, you know, they have that juxtaposition as like Misaka's following one of them around. She's like chasing a kitty around. It's all yeah. lighthearted until she sees her, you know, getting killed gruesomely. Yeah. You know? Because the actual sisters project, they they they're trying to essentially create a level six esper, and they say like, okay, we only have level five. How do we get to level six? And they thought, okay, if we had, I think it's like twenty level fives fighting a level five, that's how we would get it. But how do we do that since we only have seven level fives? So they have, they're like, we can get, can we get the same result with like. Was it what? How much was it? Like twelve thousand, or like it was 20, like twenty thousand. So twenty thousand level threes, which because originally are the it was of Mikasa. Yeah, because they said they we they need a hundred. Basically, so the the experiment involves the first ranked level five. You know, they he's the closest to having the potential to turn into level six, but he would need to kill a hundred twenty eight Misakas oh, okay. to get there, and they were like, well. The clones aren't as powerful as her, you know, they're not, they weren't able to get all of her level five abilities, but you know, if we, we can keep cloning them. So if we have 10, 20,000 of them, that's equal to 128 Misakas essentially. Yeah. And so, so he just has to kill 20,000. Yeah. So it's like, he's like, I'm not sure if it's a daily thing. I forget. It's like literally every day. Yeah. Killing. There's like a set time. They get there a point of time. He kills them, moves on. Well, they yeah. have, they, they simulate combat, which is like, yeah. they try to fight back against him. And the, I think another element that makes it interesting and tragic is like, they all share memories. All of the clones can communicate telepathically with each other. Um, so they have the memories of every previous Misaka clone that's died. Yeah. So. And that's also what's supposed to make them stronger as they go on to the next one. So by 20,000, he might be looking at a full, like equivalent to an actual Misaka. Yeah. After so, 20,000. But it's like, you know, but it's like, okay, so 20,000 of these clones are being 
killed. And I mean, I forget which one she meets. I think she meets 9,000, like 900 something. Yeah. She meets 9,000. So 9,000 of her clones have already been killed. And she meets it. And she has to come face to face with like, you know, thousands of, you know, people, like actual people who, you know, can do things like enjoy ice cream, enjoy cats, like go around, like, you know, they're real people. They are getting killed for this program that, and she essentially allowed it to happen because she did give away her um, DNA map. DNA map. But so. like, you know, and she feels like so bad about it, but it's like, she could give herself a pass considering she was five. Like if yeah. it was any other character, it would have been like, well, you know, how would I know? You yeah. Know? But she feels so like responsible for it that that like, it like the, the arc just builds up to it gradually wearing away at her as well as because she's shouldering everything like she yep. can't tell her friends because she knows if she gets them involved it'll be very dangerous and you know something can happen to them she's the yep. only one that can kind of handle it also because it was her dna map uh she feels obligated to be the one to handle it so yep. she's all by herself gradually getting into like these this darker part of the city that she's you know hasn't been exposed to before and that is like gradually and, and also the hopelessness of the situation because the other part to that is there's almost nothing that can be done to really stop this sisters project from going yeah. and that's her whole thing she wants to at first she feels responsible because it was her dna map but at some point she wants to stop it because she doesn't want to see them getting killed yeah and it doesn't and it can't be stopped on two levels because the first, um, the first time I think we see her truly experience fear is one of my favorite scenes like in the series. I think it's just a really well done scene that's just like really intense and um, it's just really intense. I'm trying, really gripping scene. It's when she comes face to face with Accelerator and Accelerator up until this point is a character that you like hear mentioned, but you haven't seen him in action. And so, you know, you gotta think at this point, We've seen an entire season of me, Sokka, just kicking ass very easily, like no one can stop her. And then she comes face to face with Accelerator and his powers, I'm still bad at explaining it, but essentially- I mean, his powers are a little like hard to understand at first too, so. They're called, he can control vectors. I don't know what that means, but essentially nothing can touch him. Essentially nothing can touch him. He can control like, <laughs> like, the plane, the the plane around him. It's so hard to explain. You know who actually has a good explanation is Giguk in his video about this series. He has a good explanation for it. I didn't um, watch it. I was like, now that I caught up, I was like, oh, I guess I should check that out. Like, I can actually probably understand it if I yeah, watched it. He has the best explanation for this. So, I mean, check that out. But essentially, he's very OP. Um, you can't hit him with anything. Like, so she can't she can't attack him. Um, which leaves her in like a state of terror. Like she really can't fight him. If she fights him, she will lose. But then on the other um, administrative side, the people who are pulling the strings behind this project are like the big wigs of Academy City itself. So it's like, she's facing the city as an entity. And so it's just this like insurmountable obstacle that she seemingly can't overcome. Yeah, no matter how many of these facilities she's de they destroy, she destroys, they kind of, sprout up elsewhere and it keeps yeah. going you know so uh yeah no and that's that's uh what makes it difficult and also accelerator himself being an an, an unstoppable force that 
she's never had to face anyone that's so much more powerful than her because back to what we were saying about season one, she could kind of handle everything. She's the strongest. There's really no one that's been able to kind of touch her. And now he's kind of representative of that, like, loss of control that she's yeah. sort of experiencing. So, uh, yeah, no, that's what made it interesting. What I was a little disappointed by was I just was expecting Accelerator to be different. Like, I think I was mentioning mentioning this to Shaw that I feel like for the arc, he's perfect. You know, he represents like a horrifying, like villain that like brings terror and you can't really stop. And like, that's like, he's perfect for that. But I don't know. I was expecting something more cerebral, I guess, or more strategic. <laughs> and he's just like legit, like bordering on edgelord, like, like egomaniacal. Like, I'm just stronger than you. You can't touch me. Like, yeah. I think he's like, is he Shinji's voice actor from uh, Fate Stay Night? No, he's uh, he's Bakugo's voice actor. This oh, then that makes it worse. Okay, yeah, that's exactly so, why. Fun fact, um, another another ringing endorsement for this franchise. Um, Mikasa's voice actress, Rina Sato, and then let me look up his voice actor because he's very popular, but I got to double check. I got to go season two because he, where is he? Bring it back, bring it back. Um... Yeah, it's uh, Nobuhiku Oku, Okamoto. Yeah, he does something popular. else, right? Too, he did some. He's done some, lots of things. He's yeah, but yeah. this is where they both got um, like Seiyu awards. So this was kind of like their big break. Um, yeah. So I think that's kind of cool, but I think I can understand that with Accelerator. I think they were definitely kind of hinting at a lot of like his main uh, his main source of, his main inner turmoil at the yeah. end of the arc. But that is kind of one of the that's one of the downsides where you're kind of like, oh yeah, this is the spinoff where like they're yeah. kind of assuming you already know Accelerator's deal from Index where they're making this like many because, years later. Because but. they gave a, a glimpse of that and I didn't really touch on it at the end of the, the arc. I was just a little disappointed. I'm like, okay, this is, I got like slightly interested here <laughs> and now I didn't get that. And it's like, yeah. uh, this sucks. And then, um, yeah. I was personally a fan of like everything we got from him here. And then I heard a lot more of like what happens to him later on in the series, what his main inner co conflict is like, um, what his, what his deal is. But, um, I kind of found out, I kind of, I think I probably looked it up on a wiki or someone told me, but, um, from this alone, I think he works really well as just like this, like really scary figure, but then you learn yeah. more about his character later on. So yeah, I think he works well as, as a, as a villain for the arc, uh, afterward, I, uh, again, it's just a matter of expectation. I was just yeah. expecting like a fight between like light and like L, you know, I was just expecting that. Oh <laughs> so. yeah. Oh no, no, come on. We're, this is real gun. Stop. <laughs> you can't, not that real. Again, gun. I didn't I mean, say these, these expectations were grounded in reality. That's what yeah. mostly happens. But again, yeah. And uh, I'm not saying that to say that Railgun is not like an intelligent series. I have it over Death Note, but it's definitely not. Um, I don't think it's definitely a mind game type. Of yeah, that's yeah, not what you'd expect from it. Especially that's yeah. not how Misaka works. You know, uh, yeah. she thinks, but she thinks on her feet. Um, exactly. I did uh, afterward did watch. I did watch uh, the two index episodes of Accelerator, uh, where it's where he meets Last Order, and those those two episodes. Uh, and I got what I wanted, so now I so like you, Accelerator more. Okay, okay, good. I'm glad you got you got to see it. And uh, as I as I put it, um, like Onimaru was telling me about this, I'm like, yo, just watch this clip from season two of Accelerator doing badass things and like call it a day. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. No, I, I went and I looked up the, the two relevant episodes in Index and I was surprised because I was like, if I was watching Index and not having watched Railgun, I'd be very confused as to why now there's two episodes focused on this character. Uh, yeah. And that was his introduction. I was just like, huh, okay. I don't know how Index does things, but, I, you know, whatever. Well, <laughs> so, I think they did have him in the... Well, Index does have their own sister's arc where he shows up, but it is very, like... You get none of the background. It's really like, um, oh, it does Toma's have a sister's arc. Okay, yeah, but it's like so much worse because it's just Toma's point of view. And as you can see in the railgun version, he just comes in on the last half, so like he misses this entire context to it. Which, to be fair, they added all this context later on. Like Index came first with their version, then they kind of come, then they came out with the railgun manga. So they like retroactively fleshed this out a lot yeah. more, which I appreciate. But yeah, if you're just watching it from Index, you're like, oh, so this guy just like killed a ton of people and now we're going to find out why. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's to really be fair, to yeah. watching those two episodes made me want to like watch the rest of Index just to get more context. I was just curious as like yeah. how Index does its story. But then I also did not want to devote the time to like actually catch up because I was like, that's like essentially three seasons. I'm like, I'm good. Well, um, that's the problem is that like the Index arcs, like each index arc essentially is like Toma index and then a brand new character. And you very rarely see the reoccurring characters that you really care about, like Misaka and accelerator. So like you yeah. do find yourself like kind of waiting for them to show up again. And in the meantime, they just keep introducing new characters. And I mean, more often than not, you don't care about them as much as Misaka and accelerator. Maybe they're better in the light novels, but they're not getting the time dedicated to really flesh them out and leave a strong impression. And it's just like, rinse and repeat every three episodes so i yeah. mean you do find yourself just being like okay when do misaka and accelerator show up let me skip to that yeah i mean uh that's what uh you know that's kind <laughs> of what i essentially did i uh, watched some other i mean I, I did check out the uh i go i went back i went to index to just check out that fight between kuroko and the teleporter the, the other teleporter the and other so teleporter. funny enough the best kuroko content is in index 2 who would have thought that the best Kuroko content is not even in Railgun. Tell us, tell us why it's the best Kuroko content. Well, she's not molesting Misaka. That's like that's, that's one good. Point. But I think it also focuses on the different levels of her power and how impressive it is. Because since she's teleporting and like calculating everything to herself, you see another teleporter who has a similar power of teleportation, but they can t only teleport. Um, so their thing is like anything they touch, they can teleport. Whereas Kuroko can only teleport herself. Yeah. But so the thing is like the other teleporter, the bad teleporter, um, they got into like, they teleported once and I think they got hurt or like they didn't completely teleport. I think something like think along the lines of like Harry Potter where they I use that like thing and they don't completely like teleport, like leave part of your body behind, you get spliced or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. So I think I read about it. She had like issues. She wasn't yeah. able to teleport herself. And she, the one time she tried it, she had a freak accident or something yeah. where she like cut off her leg or some something weird. Something weird where it was like freaked her out. So she could only teleport things she could touch. Um, and I think maybe she got over that eventually, but it shows like, it's like the, the two teleporters fighting, it's kind of like, look how impressive Kuroko is. She's teleporting herself all the, everywhere and like look at how cool she is so it was really like a glow up arc for kuroko to really show just how impressive she is even though most of the time she's kind of in um 
Misaka's shadow, but like, yeah. you know, she's it, cool in her own right. She has her own struggles. So I think it was a cool arc for her. Isn't but, that great when you get like the, the right environment for a certain character that it just lifts them up and makes them look so good. Like for yeah. example, I thought like from his cameos, I thought nothing of Toma. And yeah. then in the sisters arc, I was telling Sha like this arc is so good. It made me think Toma's cool because yeah. like it made him look so good when he went to uh, Misaka's rescue. I'm like, oh, okay. And that and, uh, was cool because he's the level zero who can like negate other powers. So it's like the least power. What does he say? It's like my my. Well, it's like my number zero. My number zero will take down your like strongest. I there's like oh a quote. yeah 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 something like that. It's a, it's a good quote about essentially like academy yeah. strongest meet like academy's weakest or something. Yeah. But like it negates it and it works out. So like that's how Tomo wins and is able to beat Accelerator because he just punches him. And you can, yeah. you can never go wrong, maybe bad timing for this, you never go wrong with like a good old fashioned punch. Um, you know, it was it was good though, because you could tell in that moment that Accelerator had never been punched by someone. You yeah. know, it made him feel so weak, you know? Yes. And it was like, dude, you can't even take a punch. But it's true, exactly. it makes sense because nothing's been able to touch him. It reflects yeah. off. So it's crazy how a level zero could do so much damage without like some bullshit like ass pull like it actually makes sense uh in universe and actually the way they built up toma helping out the way they built up toma helping out misaka was uh well done is what was really well done too because it just felt like there is actually like no one else she can turn to like yeah like he makes the most sense uh yeah. that like it can't it can't be anyone else but him and, and she also didn't really try to go to him, him. He kind of found her. She was almost on like a suicide mission. Yeah, and he's exactly. trying to help her. But I think I a lot of people understandably have issues with like him swooping in to save the day and they kind of want her to save herself. But I think my counter argument to that is like the entire point of this arc is that Mikasa, Misaka, Jesus, uh, Misaka, I get mixed mix them up so she, much. She doesn't rely on anyone else but herself she, and yeah. she needs to learn to she share needs, some of the weight yeah she needs to learn to rely on others like you know ease the burden onto someone else because i think we know that misaka can kick ass we know that she can do all these things but it is kind of opening it up relying on others and it's you know it's a tale as old as time but i think it works out really well in this situation and at the end of the day uh you know she still did take care of her own business at the yeah. end you know he helped but he then he got knocked out and then she still had to kind of step in and with yeah. the help of her sister you know, kind of they yeah. tried to save the day. And also reasonably also reasonably, uh they um they uh didn't like there was no one that could stop accelerator. Yeah. Like it had to be someone that could nullify powers. So um yeah. Look up that quote. Accelerator quote. I forget. I forget. Go ahead. But um yeah, anything else but anything else on sisters arc like that you love about so much anything that we didn't mention or touch on um so i do think it is so it's a very high arc for me i've been overdue to rewatch it for quite some time but i think there's so many perfect elements the way it kind of like catapults from the season one content that i wasn't like i wasn't as big of a fan of but the way it like contrasts with that i think is great the way it's presented is great, but I think it also has just enough um, interesting thematic points and character points balanced out with like cool hype shit. So, yeah. you know, we also just get a lot of Misaka fighting people from the underground part of the city, including the uh, 
level five, number four, in a really yeah. cool fight. And uh, it's not just like item. Yeah, item, that group. And it's not just like people blowing shit up. It's like a lot of thought going into those fights. So, you yeah. know, it's very interesting, very intense, very, very hype. I think it's a good mixture of everything. Yeah, and it was actually pretty cool because uh are you were you also referring to the one where she fights uh the little girl with the bombs, the teddy bear yeah, bombs? Yeah, yeah. Did, she's like so annoying but so good, you know. Did you know that she's a level 0? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah. that till recently because apparently they never mentioned it anywhere. The author had to mention it like separately. Really? Uh, she was a level 0. Yeah. Okay, um, I found I found the quote. This is what um, Thomas says to Accelerator when he punches him, he's like, grit your teeth, strongest one, have a taste of the weakest. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Um, that's cool. Yeah. But so it's got a, it's got a little something for everyone. I think it's worth, I think it's worth a lot, but it was just, it felt like such a re nice reward for like watching season one and getting to this point, getting fully invested. And you're like, okay, I can see the magic of this franchise and it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah, what would you say it was like a uh, strong nine? I give it a ten. Oh, okay. I give I give the sisters arc a ten. I do not give the arc afterwards a ten. So Yeah. I think I give the sisters arc this might be blasphemous, but like a strong eight. Close okay, to that's, nine. That's I don't fair. know. Like that's fair. I, you haven't was, done it, your arc ranking, it so was we need the only one. Really good. Arc. I think it's the best arc. I, I don't know. It was really, really good. I, the weird thing about Sister's Arc, though, is the more I think about it <laughs> afterward, the more I like it more. So yeah. it's just like, yeah. it's like, wait, this is so brilliant. This is so yeah. good. Uh, so it's pushing nine, you know. Um, but yeah. Uh, what what did you, um, I'm curious, what did you love so much about Accelerator? Why does he work so much for you? I think in that arc specifically, he's just such a terrifying force. Like, you know, our introduction to him is through his encounter with um, clone 9,980, whatever. And, yeah. um, you know, up until this point, we'd seen people fighting. We'd seen different types of fighting. We'd seen Mikasa fighting, Misaka fighting. But we hadn't seen that level of brutality. I mean, he rips the leg off of one of the clones and then he crushes her with one of those freight containers in the background, <laughs> in your background. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, it's really brutal, terrifying stuff. Like, you see that happen and you're like, okay, this is just like, okay, this guy's scary, but like, we know Misaka, she can put up a fight and then she can't do anything. And like, the way he goes up to her and he's like, oh, like, you must be number three, like, nice to meet you. Like, that whole scene, the way the music is playing, like, the sound design, the voice acting, I think the way he's presented really makes him feel like this overwhelmingly terrifying force. And I think it's really tough actually to make anime villains scary. Like it's really underrated when you find a scary villain. Like another one of my favorites is Pito from Hunter Hunter. The way they're introduced is like, okay, you can really feel the fear that the characters in the story would feel encountering them. And I think that's yeah. what we feel with Accelerator. So contrast that fear of like someone absolutely annihilating their foe. And you know, they can do that to you because you see, you can't put up yeah. a fight. And this is in the same series where like five episodes before, you know, we're having tea and, you know, yeah, having yeah, cakes, yeah. you know, it's kind of like- It was going a good, from, you know, transition. Yeah, um, it's like, we're going from like K-On, to not like berserk, but you know, like yeah, I mean, like on to Demon Slayer. Well, you like got that. used to what I got used to watching in season one. I couldn't believe 
when we were there that it was the same show, like, oh, this is yeah. actually happening, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do think that for me, the effect was less and it could have been because, yeah. and I think it all works. Like, I think what you're saying is mm -hmm. true. I see it. I think I personally might have been desensitized to his voice because I spent a long time <laughs> not liking Bakugo, so it all makes sense. <laughs> I understand. My Hero Academia does ruin everything, so I can understand the sentiment of... I didn't say that. Don't put words I in my mouth, Sean. That's Don't what you implied. In, that is the not what I said. I did not, not speak seen... of the whole show overall. <laughs> I spoke about one character. <laughs> my Hero Academia ruined Onimaru's experience Just, with anime. No, Quote that's him. not what I said. Just I put said it on it. a shirt. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I think that makes sense. Um, I, this is like one of the first times I think I experienced him as a voice actor and I knew like, you know, knew kind of knew what I was in for, but he definitely lived up to the hype for me. So, yeah, I mean, it could have been the voice actor could have been like, I don't know. I felt like I've seen, uh, characters like him before. So I was like, okay, you know, yeah, so that's to kind me, of it. He almost crosses the line and being too edgy. I think he's straddles the line of being almost yeah. too edgy, almost I'm 14 and this is edgy, but he just avoid just narrowly which, avoids that which i so. do hear he does succeed at in his own spin-off uh accelerator well, so yeah but then we root for him because we know about everything i think yeah, i tried watching sure. that too i don't know if i finished it but it's always kind of like i think the thing is everyone always likes accelerator except maybe you but like people like accelerator and then he's put in these like mid-ass situations so they're like damn it give him something to shine in now, weirdly enough, after everything I said, I still like Accelerator. So, I mean, it helped yeah. that I watched those two episodes. And when I see him, I'm like, yeah, Accelerator. So, yeah, weird spot. Uh, but I did um, finish. Uh, I did finish Railgun T, uh, which was which was good. Oh, I liked how was it. that? That was an interesting arc too. Yeah, I think both arcs were interesting. The, I mean, I definitely still think S Sister's arc is better, mm -hmm. but. I think those are right below it. You know, the Daihaise Festival arc yeah. and then the Dream Ranker arc was pretty interesting too. A yeah. little, uh, you know, a little bit scattered, but it was still interesting, uh, especially did, with the scientific concepts. Okay. Uh, what did you think of Misaki? Um, uh, she's the blonde. Oh uh, yeah. She's actually like, uh, like, I think like my second favorite. I think I like her. Yeah, she's really uh, I mean, good. I like her I, a lot. I didn't like her at first when they yeah. first introduced her, but I think once you finished that arc or no? I did, yeah. So I think once like I saw, well, first her her fight with uh, Kihara Gensei, the, the evil scientist guy, yeah. uh, got me to root for her and like mm -hmm. kind of seeing her like strategize things. But then when I saw that she actually like genuinely cared about that one Misaka clone, Dolly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then I started to like really like her. And then yeah. I, I liked her, uh, her team up with uh, the other girl that was yeah. like, you know, I, you know, I like Dolly too. Okay, let's be friends. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I liked in the subsequent arc, she has a team up with Misaka, which is pretty cool. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I so. like her as like um something I like. She's fun. That, she's fun. Yeah, I think she's really cool. I think she's kind of. I don't think she's underrated. I think it's just cool because you know the big players are Misaka, Accelerator, Toma, but like she's really cool too, and she had obviously is a big presence in this um, spinoff series. I think it's cool because something I'm a fan of is like when you have a character who's essentially as cookie cutter as Misaka, like she has her flaws or whatever, but like she's essentially a cookie cutter character. I like when they have kind of like the anti version who can still be good, but just like, you know, resents them for being so cookie cutter and perfect and being like, look, I got all these issues too. This is all the stuff I have to deal with. Like, 
you know, I'll work with you. I, I will, will fight for the same cause, but it doesn't mean I have to like you. And I think that's refreshing. Yeah. I think I, that's what I enjoy. I like their dynamic, how they kind of come around and work together, uh, yeah. even though they don't like each other and definitely have a big, uh, different way of approaching things and a yeah. different set of morals. So, yeah, <laughs> cause her, her ability in itself is a little, a little sus. It would be hard to trust her. So, yeah. I don't know. It's also like, it's kind of, I think it's refreshing to have characters who just do not get along. Like that might sound weird, but like in reality, like you're going to be around people and you're going to have to work together and you might not always connect, especially if you have very different personalities or approaches. Like, yeah. And I think it's refreshing to see that. No, I think that's definitely what uh, makes her fun uh, to, you know, see her around and uh, interact with uh, Misaka, especially during the, the Dream Ranker arc that was like this one fun bit in there so i don't know if you yeah. watched it so i feel, i feel like i'm not sure if i got to that i have to refresh so yeah i'm, I'm slacking on the railgun stuff that's like like so those two arcs probably are second and third for like i guess the the top arcs of the show yeah. uh i do have to say though during the daihaisei festival arc towards the end or like in the middle i did start to feel like <laughs> how do i word this sisters fatigue because oh, with all the clones, you're like, yeah, like it, it starts yeah. feeling like at a certain point, like I like this concept. I like that they stuck around like like in the world and there are repercussions for it and they're actual like people. But now it's starting to feel like everybody has their own Misaka clone. Yeah, I think at some point the clones work more as like what they represent than the actual characters, because like they're you get the one. I think it's like 10, 32. That's like the the representative Mikasa clone besides the yeah. last order. Like she's like the one, but like yeah. beyond that, like I don't really need them that much unless they have the little gag of like them pretending to be Misaka and like whatever. But like, we don't need, all, we don't need sisters all the time. Yeah. I mean, like I was it's not like I was annoyed by them, but it just started to feel like it was starting to border on like a little ridiculous. Like, okay. Like yeah. everybody has their own Misaka clone that they feel this deep attachment to, but they hate the original Misaka, but yeah. they, you know, it's like, all right, okay. Everybody has their own Misaka, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, but that was kind of it. Uh, it was really fun to watch. I caught up and then, um, it did make me want to check out some index stuff. I only checked out the stuff that was relevant, but that's kind of about it. Uh, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, so it is worth the push for Railgun, but then you get to the other ones and you're kind of like, this gets a bit more complicated. So, I, yeah, um, yeah, and I and I definitely like the Railgun stories where it kind of again explores these uh, different sides of like science and and the repercussions and you know kind of it's a little, it's a bit thought provoking. So, yeah. So would you say that Misaka is one of your favorite? characters in general or are you just kind of like she was good for this uh like you know i definitely think so she's like very well written uh as a as a female character as a just a character in general i think uh they did really well with her i think like especially sisters are because that's where she yeah. most shined because it was really her by herself like <laughs> if the first season if the first season was with her and their friend group it's like they took the friend group away and now it's just her yeah. dealing with everything and that's uh that was like probably her shining like arc uh and then you know she's she's still pretty solid in in the subsequent arc so i think she's yeah. a pretty good character uh that like weighs you know right and wrong and and is still a, a teenage girl yeah yeah i agree yeah 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 if only if only there were more characters like her 
If only they could give her more arcs to focus on and it wasn't a franchise where like everyone was stretched thin. I think that's what's tough yeah. is it's like, you know, it's like there's legitimately so much, um, like there's legitimately so much like going on in this franchise that it's like, okay, am I, I'm not going to enjoy every little thing when there's like 40 different light novels and like, yeah. I'm not reading them in general, but like, and because it's a spinoff, like there's only so much they can kind of give her because it's yeah. really all the stuff that's happening in between yeah. what's happening in the main story. So, and on the science side only. So it's like, really, there's not a lot. A lot of it is going to dip into slice of life or slice of life and, you know, sort of other interesting like side stories that happen. And that's kind of it. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, you know, I got good closure <laughs> with Railgun T if they ever you know adapt another season that'd be cool but if not you know i think that that was a pretty good send off so yeah i think i think it does pretty well i think it's cool i know it might be blasphemous to some index fans some index hardcore fans to say you can just watch railgun and essentially get the gist of it but i think you can it's on personal experience and you know it does make me interested in the rest of the series maybe i will check out light novels at some point but like if anything, I'm glad I can say, like, I've experienced part of this massive franchise and I have some good takeaways from it. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm interested in this as in as much as like I kind of just <laughs> want to compare, like, you know, what they did with Index to Railgun and sort of just, mm -hmm. you know, see where where the adaptation failed. And I don't know. I'm just kind of interested in picking it apart in that way, but not in a negative way, just because I'm kind of curious as to, like, what the fandom thinks of it and kind of like where it falls and all that stuff. So, you know, it's enough that I got interested in the world. Cause I, I think once you get invested into like the lore and world, mm -hmm. you can sort of forgive some story stuff. Cause now you're yeah. just sort of seeing it as this overall, like one piece of the puzzle, even yeah. it's the main piece, but you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I definitely endorse like, uh, and I think most fans are cool with it. Like as long as you're not crapping on index, which, you know, we did a little bit, but, uh, but we did it like within reason of like, we're not, we're not like, I think mad. If, we think the adaptation is bad. That's yeah. Like if you're, bad. if you're just only interested in Railgun and that's all you want to watch, like you shouldn't feel obligated to kind of watch the, the main story if you're not interested. Cause that's how it was for me. Like I didn't want to have to watch all of this to just watch this. I was like, I'm just purely interested in what's going on with Railgun. So I'm just going to watch it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So well, has glad that you checked it out? I'm glad you checked it out, and you can see why I put up put Sisters Arc up there with the Chimera Ants, Golden Ages, yeah, Gintama arcs. I can't say out loud for spoiler names. It's really good. I think the the thing that maybe holds it down for me, which makes me like annoyed, I, mean, I don't know, unsatisfied, is that I know this will be like it's it's one arc that. Like, I'm never going to get more of this. Like, it's just, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, it's it in the grand scheme of things, that was it, you know? And I wish it, uh, you know, meant something in the, in the larger franchise, but it was like sort of like a one-off thing. So thousands yeah. of thousands of clones are alive and you're like, this is it. That's this it. is it. That's it. You know, we're going to see well, some more clones here and there, but this is, this is the peak and that's it, you know? So yeah. I think that that's kind of why I like it so much is, um, that's kind of the appeal of praising arcs to me is like more often than not, like an arc that you love will be in a series you love. But sometimes if an arc is like on its own, it's just good. You can kind of just praise that and move along. And I think that's kind of why 
I mean, I like, as we said, we like the other parts, but like this part in particular was just such a standout experience that I'm so glad I can say like, this was peak. I don't care about like the other stuff going on. I don't care about like whatever happens before, after, like no matter what, no matter what index does, the accelerator arc, whatever, like I can appreciate this piece of the puzzle and nothing else will really like interfere with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm, I'm still getting my head wrapped around this whole just peak arc <laughs> thing. So <laughs> compartmentalizing. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is one good arc. I don't have to acknowledge the rest, you know? So, um, but you know, the, the rest was, was pretty good too. So, yeah. But anyways, yeah. I think that's all we got. I think that's, that's yeah. everything. I'm excited. We did enough awkward pauses that, you know, it's, we had no looks- awkward pauses. <laughs> we had zero. We didn't need them. We didn't need them. Certain awkward pause. <laughs> no, I can't. It doesn't work. We didn't need them. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all we got for this episode, this installment of Just Weebs. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. If you think we didn't dive deeply, too deeply into the Railgun franchise, <laughs> if if you want us to watch Index, you know there'll be a Patreon in the future. You can pay us. But anyways, yeah, that's all us. we got. <laughs> pay us, us to consume content. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's all we got. So. Anything else, Shaw? Um, I forgot to mention that um, only my railgun, the first opening, is a banger. Um, I think it's still on the Japanese charts. So really, okay. Yeah, it's a. I think it's also iconic. So it's crazy because like I would hear all the railgun openings for each season, and I'd be like just vaguely like familiar with the songs. I'm like, I feel like I've heard this before, like for all of them, and I never watched railgun before. It's like, huh? So I guess they've just been like you said, around on the charts. So it's been around. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a good one, but they're catchy. I think this entire franchise, if I could sum it up in a phrase, it's DDR trash. And I mean that in the best way possible as an old time DDR fan, like as a former DDR trash person, I guess. Yeah, I can appreciate that. I love DDR. Yeah. So it's like this is a DDR franchise, and I mean that in the best way possible. So did you ever buy like the mat? Yeah. And like have it at home. Yeah. And did you did you ever download Stepmania? No. What's oh, that? so you played it on like console? Yeah, yeah, I played it on my okay. PS2. Um. So I like downloaded this program called Stepmania, where you could like get your own cut. Like you can get the DDR songs but you could also get your own custom songs. Oh. So I had like a bunch of anime OPs that were oh set God. to like the, the steps and I'd just be like dancing to them. It'd be awesome. That's good. That's the next level. Um, yeah. 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 But I was a DRP. sorry to derail. No, D real gun. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. God. Okay. All right. This, this has to end. This has to this end. Has to end. Okay. All right. Well. So anyways, uh, if you enjoyed the episode, you if you enjoyed the episode, if you enjoyed <laughs> Shaz derails, uh, okay. hit the like button, let us know in the comments. And besides all of that, what do we know? We're just weebs. Mm-hmm.